Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. As we talk crop tour, we know they're now into the heat and the heart of what we saw in the damage in Iowa. And really, at what point are we at that point? The producers are just fed up. Let's just call 2020 off and move forward into 2021. We know many areas are now getting hit by some extreme dryness and that's not good for the corn and it's going to start to be a struggle on the soybeans as well what type of spreads are we seeing with the corn and the beans china we know has the appetite out there but they've got some flooding issues and some need for feed to be able to feed their people and their livestock and this wheat market maybe it's the golden child of what we're seeing in the market so lots to look at during today's episode as we are talking with darren fessler darren of course is with lakefront futures and Let's start out talking about this crop tour. A little different this year, obviously, with the virtual standpoint. It seems to me that there's a lot less on social media during the day while these guys are out in the country. Yeah, it's it's somewhat of a quiet tour this year. I mean, it, it but it's still, I think, if you wait for uh, tonight when the results are released about Iowa in general and in Minnesota... Uh, I, you might have some fireworks, and I think that's really what the market really was maybe focused on today. You, you came into Thursday and, and Wednesday night overnight trade. You, you really hammered uh, the corn market, um, but beans they weren't able to recover. Uh, but corn was able to bounce off the lows. It really held the nine and the twenty, and I think that's an anticipation of maybe what's what's to come tonight with the final results. And then you focus on the weather that has been dry. August has been really pretty abnormally dry here. So, yes, there is going to be some maybe a little bit of, you know, cautious bears here, you know, as we move forward. Um, so I think that in general, you, you look at where the market is from from a, a marketing year standpoint. And you look at, okay, what has developed over the last two and three weeks here? Do we really want to sell this thing off more or do we have enough priced in for right now until we get more data, official data from the USDA? And I think that's really kind of where this market is at this point. Well, you look at that and, and the fact that the latest drought monitor did not bring a pretty picture to the Midwest. It just adds another layer that we've got in stress for these grain producers. It, it, it really does. Uh, you know, you, I spoke to clients in northwest Iowa six weeks ago. And it would have been a record crop. It, this thing is looking really good, too. Boy, it just, those conversations, uh, for better or worse, it just dried up. And it, it, it's really gone backwards for a lot of these producers, especially across Iowa. And I, I was getting the attention, uh, rightfully so. It's a huge corn producer. But areas of Nebraska, you get west of Lincoln, very not very far, It the, the, the precip just drop off. You get around Grand Island, Hastings, Kearney. These guys need a drink, and every it seems like every storm that's popped up, it's fizzled out, and they haven't got much. Or if they've got some, it's come with hail, or it's come with wind. So it, there is a lot of frustration going on. I, I completely get it. But you look at other parts of the country that are, aren't experiencing the dryness, that, that, that are still the crops are holding on, still probably record-type potential in some, certain areas, Minnesota being one of them, the stuff southeast of Lincoln, Cass County, Odo County, very, very, very good crops in these neck of the woods. Is that enough to maybe negate some of the dryness in other parts of of Nebraska? I I think it is to a certain extent, but the areas that, you know, 
Phelps County, Adams County, Hall County. These are counties that produce a lot of corn, and these wells are running and running and running. So I think at the end of the day, what we've seen last week in the August Wasi are probably going to be the highest numbers we see all year. Corn is not going to be probably above 180 in my estimation, and likewise on these beans. These beans have looked good, but they need a drink. So are they going backwards 15 bushel? No. Are we a national yield of 53? Probably not. We still maybe are a 50 or 51 at the end of the day. Yes, I think that's probably where uh, it falls at the end of the day. But right now, there's a lot of producers that just, just need a little bit of a drink to finish this crop out. And the big question is, and obviously this is something that neither you or I, it's above our pay grade, can answer. But if we don't get the needed rains that we get... How do we market it? How do we deal with the with the harvest that's going to be for many a disappointment? Yeah, I think you got to stay patient and look for opportunities. What I think what the the scary part about this whole deal is, we we know we have dryness. We know Iowa had a major historic event happen, and the markets doesn't seem to be really reacting too much to that. Well, if you look at the amount of producers have sold. All right. So for like 19, for this like 2021 crop year, we're significantly undersold. And to me, that doesn't give me a lot of warm fuzzies about what potentially could happen here during harvest and post harvest as we lead up to the end of the year as cash flow needs are going to have to be met. Yes, people could do basis contracts, take an advance on some of those basis contracts, but you're still going to need the cash flow. And so to me, I know this dryness is there, it's real, the Iowa situation is real, it's there, the market's not compensating for it right now, but it necessarily doesn't have to because I still think at the end of the day, the cash flow needs are going to continue to put pressure on this market. Now, let's say we were further along here and we were 40% sold on average, I think the rally potential would be much greater at that point, but given the lack of sales from the producer side, I still think that, at the end of the day, is going to keep a lid on some of these prices throughout the race, probably the rest of the remainder of the year. Lots to think about, and obviously this year it just seems to be more intense because everything else around the world is happening. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we are going to continue to focus on what's happening on the grain complex. We'll look at that corn and bean spread, some happenings in China, and the golden child if you caught my pun, because it is wheat. We're going to find out why they continue to be so positive. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. And Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Darren Fessler of Lakefront Futures. So let's talk about the spreads in the corn and the beans. What seems to be catching your eye? I'm watching the uh, September December uh, corn spread. If you if you look at how that has been reacting, it's kind of given us a little bit of an indication of how maybe August will finish out as we approach first notice day on that September contract at the end of the month. Here we've noticed that the spread has really starting to widen out while the September outright started to really move higher. Really that. That's a, a situation that won't last or sustain itself over time. So as these spreads start to widen out, it, it, again, it's, it's given us an indication, okay, there's something obviously going on in, in the spread market here that the, that the futures just aren't seeing. Now, I think some of this, the run-up in the futures was because you looked at last week's 
uh, WASDE, and you had basically a billion or more, as I think of 1.1 billion, year-over-year demand when it came to ethanol, feed and residual, and exports. Uh, so that's really ran up to outright futures, but you really didn't see that happen in the spread market. So it's just airing on the side of caution here. Same thing can be said for this bean market. You look at it from a, just a purely a technical standpoint, where, where we got to the December corn. We got basically between 340 and 346, which, you know, from the July high to the August low, was the 50 and 62% Fibonacci retracements, which when you get to those points in the, in the, from a technical standpoint, the market really decides what it wants to do. Does it want to break out higher or does it want to break out lower? And right now, corn and beans, it feels as though they want to kind of start to pull back. Probably the market's probably looking at the seasonality of these markets too and say, hey, we've got a nice little run-up following somewhat of a bullish report. We're going to probably pull it back now. So, again, I think some of this is being driven by weather and what the forecast is looking like. A lot of the Midwest is going to remain dry for the next 10 days. You are going to crank a lot of these temperatures back up to the 90s, mid-90s next week. So these dryland acres are going to go back even more here. And there's not a whole lot of rain in the forecast. So I think that that is what's really going to stop or see some of the selling here in the near term. I don't think that we're, that we're, we're going to take these beans and sell them off another 30 cents or likewise on the corn. I don't think we're going to sell it off another 20 here. But, you know, these things, if you start seeing the, the technicals give way, these they, the rolling ball could give way for the bears here. China has continued to have their appetite, and I know they've had some looming weather concerns as well. And as we had talked yesterday during the Fontenelle final bell, the rebuild of their hogs are taking place. So they need the crops. They need this stuff that we've got here. Is it going to continue just to add to the market? I I think so. I, I think that this Chinese demand story is real. I, I don't think it's something just to appease the, the Trump administration in phase one. Um, it, I think it's a real need. Uh, the, the If you just Google the Three Gorges Dam and the flooding that's taking place in China, and the flooding that's taking place, it is their agricultural land. It is what they need to feed their people. And you, you look at the amount of corn that China is selling at auction. They sold another 157 million bushels to date, and they sold every single bushel of it. They have been continuing to do this for weeks, almost months on end now, and you, you look at the rebuild of the Chinese hog herd, you look at the floods, you look at where these prices are, you look at how much supply Brazil does not have anymore, this is a real demand-building story. Does it get uber bullish? Do we get back to the 2010 to 12 type of demand story? Maybe. But I think in time, as China starts to, you know, the economy gets back, the herds start to build up, depending on what these floods do, that demand is going to be there. And I think you've got to watch how South America starts turning out here once they get the planters rolling here later on this year. How does the dryness impact what China views as their main source of beans? And how does the U.S. market view that dryness? Because right now, Brazil, Argentina, they're in a period where they typically are dry right now. But they are really abnormally dry than what they normally are. And they're supposed to be, Brazil, supposed to be planting record amount of acres, have record amount of production. Time will only tell on that. Keep in mind, Brazil is the biggest producer of beans that are going to China. China wants those Brazilian beans. If they don't have them, we're the second best place, and we have the beans hopefully at the end of the day to sell. 
All right, this wheat market, as I was joking, they are the golden child right now of this crop, literally. Yes, you've got to watch this wheat market in general. Chicago, uh, Minneapolis, KC, all of these things are starting to work their way through the system here. The world supplies are shrinking. The world needs some quality wheat here, so stay tuned on that wheat. I think it could be a really positive story to come. All right, sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren? They can reach me directly at 402-366-0423 and find me on all social media. All right, that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. It is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Just a reminder, though, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. Pick this up as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe and on Spotify as well. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.